Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. I believe that everything that's in the scripture is there for a reason. I don't believe there's any parts of it that are there for embroidery or simply to fill in space. And so when we read the Christmas story and everything that's in it, it's not meant to be Christmas card stuff. And so I want to speak to you for a couple of minutes this morning about something out of the Christmas story that I think really applies to every one of us and certainly applies to me. I never preach anything, but it first doesn't take up residence in my own heart and challenge my thinking about life and about the way I do life and about what God wants to do in my life. And so with that in mind, let's read Luke 1. Verse 26, this is kind of a part two to last night. So if you were here last night, there's more. If you weren't here, then you don't know. So it doesn't matter. Luke 1 verse 26 says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. He was of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. I love that. And I'm going to come back to some of this in a minute. I love the fact that the Bible never hides the humanity of the people God interacts with. You don't have to pretend with God. You don't have to have a Christian life and then an ordinary life. You don't have to have a church life and then some other kind of life. He knows who you are. He knows who I am. And He walks with who I am, not who He wishes I would be. So the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, you've found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, bring forth a son. You'll call His name Jesus. He'll be great and be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give Him the throne of His father David. He'll reign over the house of Jacob forever and of His kingdom there'll be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man? And as I said last night, that doesn't mean she didn't know about a man or know of a man. It's an old term that uh, was used to describe physical intimacy with someone. So she's saying, I've never slept with a man. The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Heavenly Father, help us today. Right across this crowd and of those listening or watching, God, there are ones of us here, Lord, who are facing great levels of uncertainty, either within ourselves and our own personhood where we're not sure of what the next step is meant to be. We're not sure of how this project or venture is going to work out. We're not sure about other parts of family life or our physical health. But God, I pray today you'll help each one of us. Give us something to walk forward into 2020 with, I pray in Jesus' name. 
in the culture of Mary's day, an engaged woman, a single woman who's found to be pregnant, at the very least would have suffered great shame, ridicule, and perhaps even more than that. Lots of us would remember the story of the woman caught in adultery. The religious leaders drag her in front of Jesus and say she ought to be stoned to death for this crime that she's committed. We all, many of us, I trust, will know the outcome of that is that Jesus, the Saviour, and the only one perfect there who could have condemned, said this instead, uh, let whoever's without sin cast the first stone. Of course, the only one who could have done that was Jesus. He's the only one without sin. And He chooses not to pick up a stone. And I love the fact that even though God could condemn, His heart is never to point the finger at you, but rather it's to lift up the hand and extend that to you so that He can take you out of where you are. And so He says to this woman, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. And He releases this woman, not only from out of the impending judgment, but also out of the prison of her life and her lifestyle. And so when Mary hears this from the angel, we all think it's beautiful and lovely and oh, isn't that sweet and lovely. I'm telling you, this woman would have had somewhere in the back of her mind a fair degree of concern about what the outcome is gonna look like for her. She doesn't know how her fiancé, Joseph, is going to respond to the news, turning up and saying, hey, guess what, I'm pregnant. Don't worry, it's not you. And by the way, it's not anybody you know. I'm not sure that in her mind, there isn't a little bit of concern about that because the angel doesn't tell her, by the way, my next visit is going to be to your fiance. I'm going to appear to him in a dream, tell him not to worry about it because this is God at work. She doesn't know any of that. She doesn't know where she's going to live. She doesn't know how she'll raise the child, but she says yes. You know the story that after that, they go off to Bethlehem where Jesus is actually born. But by now she's heavily pregnant and they don't have a booking. They've got no way to uh, go ahead and make sure there's accommodation. They go off to that. After that, they flee into Egypt as a family. They don't know how long they're going to be there. They don't know anyone there. They've got no idea what the future holds and yet they say yes anyway. As I mentioned last night, we live in a world that is so trying to eliminate uncertainty. Uh, you know, we've got apps that'll track your kids and tell you where they are. We've got all manner of ways of trying to get rid of the risk out of our life, which I think is weird because the fastest growing uh, genre, if you like, of holidays is adventure holidays. It's almost like we want to get rid of what we think's bad risk. And at the same time, we want to raise up all the risk that we might enjoy. Uh, you know, it's like, if you're going to travel anywhere, you've got to get all the shots for this and all the shots for that. You've got to, you know, make sure you got this. I, I was in Cambodia a couple of weeks ago, noticed that on my, one of the travel advices from the airline was one saying, don't take any white powders in your carry-on bag like vitamin C powder or, or I don't know, whatever white powder or soap powder even. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, they've really amped it up now. And the warning that came with that is not every country will treat you kindly or take the time to test it. 
I'm kind of going, oh, well, that's a whole new thing I never thought of. You know, scrub vitamin C powder out of the carry-on. No, put it in your ordinary bag. I've got some of you really worried now about your impending trip. Going, what am I going to do next? So we get all that kind of stuff. We've got warnings about danger in the home and dangers outside the home and dangers to your health, fears about the future. And yet Mary and Joseph go through this incredible thing of uncertainty. And so I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes. I won't be long, but I want to talk to you about how to deal with uncertainty in your life because I'm guaranteed you've got some. I guarantee that despite your best planning, there will be things come your way and you'll go, what do I do about that? I'll give you the first two. I said these last night. I'll go through them quickly. Number one is be certain of the things that are unchanging and are unchangeable. You've got to somewhere rather identify what is it in my life that cannot be changed by circumstance, by feeling, by opinion, by a vote, by a change of government or by somebody else, by the economy, by what the banks in America do or some other thing. What is the stuff in my life that I can really rest on because I know that it can't be changed by any human agency. Obviously, if it can't be changed by human agency, it's gotta be superhuman. And the only thing superhuman in life is God. And so to be certain of the goodness of God. I don't know about you, I grew up in a, in a worldview where God was, well, He was good, but only up to a point. You know, I, I remember no one ever preached this when I was a kid, but I distinctly remember feeling that really God was kind of waiting for a good excuse to belt me one. Uh, that was really in my mind and heart because that was the kind of language I heard when I went to church was that, you know, God was basically good, but, you know, look out because if you stepped out of line, you're in trouble. And my problem was I stepped out of line a lot. And if you step out of line a lot, you kind of don't really think that the mercy of God is sure. You really think the judgment of God is sure. And yet the Bible says that they are sure mercies. I wonder if you've ever stopped and thought, what's holding on to me? Not just what am I holding on to? I remember when all my kids were very little and they'd want to cross the road and you know what it's like, they want to charge off. They just want to, you know, hurry up. And they want to do that. And I can remember, you know, grabbing a hold of their hand because I didn't trust simply their grip on me. What I was relying on was my grip on them. I want to tell you this morning, there's a heavenly Father who's got a grip on you. It's not just you holding on. Being a follower of Jesus is not simply, well, I've got to do this and I've got to follow that path and I've got to get it right and I've got to pray enough and I've got to worship enough and I've got to read the Bible enough and I've got to give enough and I've got to do enough. I thank God that there is a rest that comes into your soul when you realise that God's holding on to you and that there are, there's something in your life that is unchanging and unchangeable. Mary and Joseph weren't certain of everything, but they were certain of a couple of things. They were certain that God's Word would come to pass and they were certain that God would be true. Here's the second one. Trust God with the things that are changing and are changeable because the whole stack of them. I don't know about you, but in my humanity, this is the one I have more trouble with than anything else. I don't have trouble with the first one. 
I go, God, I know you've got it. My problem is I keep on reaching up to the things I said I trusted him with and deciding I should help him out. Or am I the only person in the building that's ever stayed up worrying late at night? Because even though you prayed about it before you went to bed, in the night you thought maybe God had forgotten it. Come on, am I the only one here? Oh, oh, lots of you are good. I'm happy about that because I don't want to be alone on this. I I don't find trust to be a one-off thing. Trust to me is like, it's a constant developing of a habit that simply says, I'm going to keep trusting you. I'm going to keep trusting you. I'm going to keep trusting you. Whenever it comes to my mind, my response is going to be, God, I trust you with this. So trust God with the things that are changing and changeable. Here's the third one. There's only four, so just hang on. But I want to help you as you go into the 2020 that's coming up. This next Sunday, we're speaking in the morning and in the night about how not to carry into 2020 the stuff you ought to leave behind. You know, the things that irked you, the people that, you know, just kind of were nasty to you or the job you lost or the, the rejection that happened in that relationship. And so in the morning, I'm speaking on that from one aspect. And in the night, I've asked Pastor Bruce Grant, who taught 400 people at the mouth of the Amazon earlier this year uh, as a part of One Nation One Day, taught 400 people who wanted to help others that have been through domestic violence or sexual assault. How do you get past stuff? And I've asked him to do the last service of this year, addressing that for all of us, not just for those of us that need it, but for those of us that want to help others that maybe have got stuff they need to leave behind. So here's number three, third one, is this, move forward despite your uncertainty. I know that sounds nuts because most people, when they get uncertainty, the natural inclination is just to stop. I just don't go any further. I, I, I just... just Pause completely. Let me read to you Luke 2 verse 18. It's the next chapter of the chapter we started with. This is one of my favourite verses because I love this glimpse into Mary's humanity. It says this, And all those who heard it marvelled at those things which were told them by the shepherds, but Mary. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She's not sure what this actually is going to look like. And so she hears what all this stuff that everybody else is jumping up and down about and she's going, I don't know, I don't know. And yet despite her, I don't know, despite her, I'm not sure, Mary moved ahead with all the certainty of her trust in God. Move forward. I don't know what you might need to do despite your uncertainty, but I'll guarantee there's always something you can do. Here's the last one, number four. Let what you are certain of speak louder than any uncertainty. She listens to the voice of one angel despite all the stuff that everybody else is going to say. She listens to the voice of Elizabeth, her cousin, who prophesies to her about the son that Mary's carrying. She listens to the voice of Simeon, the prophet. She listens to the voice of Anna, the prophetess. She only had, listen to me, she had four voices in her life that spoke the will of God. 
But there were so many other voices around about that must have been gossiping, must have been saying, we're not sure. We don't know, I don't know about you, but I've discovered when I get into uncertainty, there's always people going, uh-oh. Oh, man, are you sure? Did you really hear from God? Wow, are you really confident? How many people, I don't know about the rest of you, I've discovered lots of them. And sometimes you just got to go, you know what, I might only have four voices saying God's with you, but I'm going to stick with the four I hear. I've, I've decided I'm going to let the voice of the things I do know speak louder to me than the voice of uncertainty in my life. I pray that for your life and for your world, there is some sense of God speaking to you. The greatest thing I know, the greatest thing to me about being a Christian apart from heaven and salvation and sin forgiven and peace with God and joy, and you can tell I'm kind of running through a big long list here. But apart from all those things, if you were to boil it down to me and say, Jeff, what do you love the most about following God? I would say to you, it's the leading of the Holy Spirit. Bar none, that to me is the greatest thing. We're speaking in 2020 about the Kingdom of God. And I've been thinking about that and what does the Kingdom look like? And I came to this thing one day while I was out walking the dog in the bush. I came to this revelation that the Kingdom of God is the sphere of Kingdom activity. It's where God is active and I began to realise how much He gets active in my life. The little prompting to ring somebody. When I ring them, they say, you've rung at exactly the right time. And I go, it wasn't a big deal, but it was kingdom activity. The person who comes back and says, thank you for praying now, this has happened. You go, oh, that was kingdom activity. You know what I'm saying? And I realise how much kingdom activity there is around my life, how much leadership the Holy Spirit brings, how much of His saying, I'm going to take you on a journey and maybe you don't know what the destination looks like. My son who's here this morning, I'll never forget this message preached years ago about how we all want a map, but instead God gives us a compass. Never forgot. Matter of fact, I pinched it. I preached it at a conference with thousands of people and I gave them all a compass. And they all thought how clever I was, but it was really His idea. God wants to lead you. God can't lead you unless He's in you. So before we finish and we sing a carol and we go out there and we have the Christmas mud cake and the Christmas fruit cake and all the other stuff that's there and say hi to our friends and go home and gather around the tree or around the lunch table or whatever it is that you might be doing today. And I pray it'll be a great day for you. I really want to pray for those of you here in this place that say, Jeff, I don't really know Christ. Maybe you know a lot about Him. Maybe you know the Christmas story because of the carols and the Christmas cards and the activity stuff. But maybe you and your heart go, Jeff, He's not leading me, but I wish He was. I'd love to pray for you right where you are. Love to lead you in a simple, simple step that says yes to Jesus. I have seen so many people do this over so many places in so many countries and so many backgrounds where a simple yes, it still astounds me that a simple yes to Christ can be life-changing. It was for Mary. Her whole life changes because she just says yes. That's all she does. She doesn't say, well, hello, what can I do to help? She just says yes and God intervenes. 
And I believe that still today. I believe you can just say yes to God and He'll intervene. It's as simple as that. So how about we pray? Just bow your head with me a moment. Just in the privacy of your own life, if you say to me, Jeff, I don't know Christ like that. I wish He was in my life. I wish I had the certainty of His leadership, Him taking me on the journey. I wish I could be sure of His grace and love for my life, of Him looking after me, of Him going before me. Well, you absolutely can. All it takes is a yes from you. And I'd love to pray with you. And I know there's people watching and listening to this. So wherever you are, you can say yes. If you're here in front of me this morning and you say, Jeff, I wanna do that today. I wanna say yes. I'm gonna ask you just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I'm the only one looking around. I'd love to pray for you and know I'm praying for you. All I'm gonna ask you to do is simply slip your hand up in the air and put it back down again. So I know I'm praying for you this morning. I'll be praying with people that are watching as well. But if that's you this morning, would you do that? Just slip it up, put it back down again. Just say, that's me. I wanna say yes to Jesus. I want Him to be leading my life, Him to be taking me forward. If that's you, again, just as calmly and simply as all, you can lift your hand. I'd love to pray with you this morning, wherever you are. Is there anyone like that? As I know there was so many last night and, and we never want to miss the opportunity to present that to you and say today you can say yes to Jesus. Then we're going to pray together. I want to pray for the people that are watching, that are listening. Heavenly Father, we thank You for each one of us created in Your image. You know us intimately. We are unique. We are special. We're certainly special to You. We're never a number. We're always a name. So God, I pray for every person here today. Pray that as they go into the end of this year and the beginning of the next, that they will know Your peace and they'll know Your strength and they'll know Your grace in their life, leading them every day. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Now up on the screen here, uh, Yes Text. I love this. This is one of the most favourite things God ever gave us, I think. We came up with this idea a while ago and it's been such a blessing to so many people. I keep meeting people who say, I Yes Texted and it changed my life. Maybe you might want to take that number down or I've watched people in the service take a photo of it. Uh, we do have cards that look like this. They're out near the Connect Hub. That is out in the cafe area where you'll be served in a minute. And that's got the number on it or else uh, you can use the web address, yes.metrochurch.org.au. If you'll text yes to 488 doesn't matter when you do it. We get them at 2.30 in the morning. That was last week, 2.30 on a Wednesday morning. Uh, somebody somewhere said, I want to say yes. And the next day at 7 a.m. Perth time, because it comes from our church, not from anywhere else, uh, you get uh, a Scripture, a different one every day, a prayer, a different one every day that you can pray. That'll help you to grow and follow Christ. I love it because it's anonymous. We don't track you down. We don't ask you for your name. We simply want to be a part of helping you in your spiritual journey and your walk with God. So remember that number 0488826392 or yes.metrochurch.org.au. Be our joy to see you walk on with God, that's for sure. It'd be a wonderful thing. Amen. Amen.